I think it's a top five song of all time. Not not just Christmas song. Correct. Just overall. In my opinion. Now I know that I know that there will be people out there who disagree, but we like I tell my six year old all the time, we all like different things. Hey, man, this when this thing hit in like '97, this this was a constant in the Bloom House too. I'm not going to deny it. Absolute. I mean, this is elite level. This as the mix between pop and holiday. The young people say this is still a banger. This is a year-round deal around here. <laughs> you can play it whenever you want. It's my number one played song on Touch Tunes. <laughs> Welcome oh. to the podcast. Sorry, English, you got bumped probably for the rest of the year. The goat, Mariah. Have you ever seen this video? I'm playing it on YouTube no. right now. No, I have not. The official video, all it is is like Mariah Carey wearing very uh, revealing Christmas outfits. Yeah. Yeah. And like just like laughing. That's pretty much Mariah Carey to a T. I'm a huge fan. I think she's fallen off a little bit. She's a beautiful woman. Very talented. She, she, so when, that, when was that song? I, I want to say it was in the I, 90s, but. I don't know. Man. It came out with that one 94. Movie. Wow, really? 94. For real? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it just came out. Well, I mean, that's saying that staying power. That's uh, unbelievable. We're pushing. I was 10 we're over when that 25 came out. years old for all I want for Christmas. She had a Christmas album in 94. It had <laughs> an A side and a B side, and the B side was Joy to the World. Not quite the hit. Wait well, a minute, Mariah. Uh, welcome all to I the want podcast. for Christmas is to be 10 and 0 in basketball. Thanks. Hell yeah. Soon to be 12 and 0. Uh, shout out to MechDyne real quick. Hold on to that. Our friends at MechDyne, the MechDyne Corporation, continue to bring us Williams and Bloom. MechDyne.com. M E C H D Y N E.com. 18 months with MechDyne now. Yeah, they're, they're just it, the best. And I heard from Clover, they're uh, they're they're going to keep going. He said, "No brainer." They like being a part of the podcast. So here we go. Always hiring there. What's funny though is we did like we totally stumbled upon this Sunday night thing. This wasn't like some master plan. No, no, it was. And the numbers for not. this thing continue to be monstrous. So thanks for tuning in. Hey, and thanks to appreciate everything, uh, Scotty Christopherson for bailing me out last week. He was great. He was awesome. He was coming for your job. I, I know. I was. I was. That's why I'm in person this week. It's like. Don't get Scotty on the Zoom again. I'm out of a job. <laughs> no, I listened. Good. I was driving between San Antonio and Austin this week. And, How'd that go? Uh, it was great. It was great time. You know, honestly, the podcast when you're driving, they're perfect. Yeah. I've been I, doing They really are. Those and then a lot of audio books. There like you I, go. I started to really, in 2021, that was my... I, mean, I can't I, follow. I can't follow the audiobooks long. Like if there's really? a plot, like I just. Oh, I don't do. I don't ever like read do novels. Non, I do everything. I read is nonfiction. Right. I don't. Be a little easier. I I don't remember the last time I read anything fiction. Interesting. I I have this. You're a facts. You're a facts type of guy. No, I have a really hard time. I was actually talking about this with a family member a couple of weeks ago. I I don't have a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. When I do have free time. I hate wasting it with something that 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 I don't feel is like I'm benefiting from. So like when I'm watching TV, it either needs to be sports because it makes me better at my job or like a documentary because it makes me smarter. I just don't feel like I have time for like 
I mean, I used to sit around and watch Seinfeld reruns. It's like, yeah, this is probably yeah. time better spent. So it's like I could read a novel or I could read this like business book or I could read this biography or right. I get it. But there's something to escapism too. I have a hard time with that. But I, uh, you know, this. I, I, I do. You it's know. good. So that could maybe be a problem solver. Yeah. yeah. Therapy <laughs> there, with yeah. Brent Bloom. Yeah. Just maybe read a fiction. There's a new podcast. <laughs> uh, Bloom gives Williams therapy. Yeah, un, unsolicited advice. But that's the God's honest truth. Like I don't ever. I understand. That. I, I don't remember it. The last time I read a novel, but anyways, um, so yeah, you were in Texas and everything good there. Yeah, I talked know, to some great. cyclones. I did saw some great cyclones down there. I like that part of the country. I do too. I, I could I, live I, in like rural Texas. You know, I wouldn't want to live in like the metroplex or anything sure. Like that. But even see the thing is, like I was in Houston. Where it goes, Houston, San Antonio, and Austin, all of those places. Yeah, I mean, if you're downtown, it's one thing, but they all have their other areas texas they're, they're just yeah i mean it's 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 not a bad place and it was 70 degrees down there which was a fort worth is the place in texas i would i like, like fort worth i like fort worth yeah. a lot but so uh we lose austin but we get houston interesting trade but houston sucks i'm not a huge uh, Houston yeah guy. i mean if you're down we do have a lot of listeners from houston by the way so guys just bear with me and when i come down there you can show me a different side of Houston. It's gotten better. Has it? Okay, because mm-hmm. I just I've been there once and I never wanted to go back. It's a lot. There's a lot of people, but it's got there. They've actually revitalized downtown. And there's some cool areas there now. Cool. <laughs> That's your there you go tourist with Brent uh, Bloom. Yeah, seven minutes of therapy, Bloom tourism, and Mariah Carey talk. Just what you expect. No, nothing else happened this week. Uh, hey, real quick before we dive into the basketball game, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Ray with Farm Story Meats. Because his final uh, shipping for Farm Story Meats before the holiday is, I'm hold on, I'm pulling it up right there. Yeah, you've got to have it ordered this week. Makes sense. Yeah, the Christmas promo uh, is again that is Christmas at Farm Story Meats. You get ten dollars off your order. But if you want to get it before Christmas or Anything like that, like a gift card. I got. I got. Actually, I'm making steaks tonight. We're recording earlier today. I, I've had steaks marinating all day from Farm Story Meats, but you need to do it this week. And Ray told me something really cool uh, last week. Brent is that he said that our listeners basically saved his company last year. Seriously. Yeah, which is really cool. Well, that's cool to hear. To, to hear. So I'm telling you guys, I get. I, I this is how I buy meat now. Farmstorymeats.com. It comes right to your door, straight from an Iowa farm. You're supporting a bunch of small companies when you when you do that. So check that out. All right. Um, well, beat the piss out of Iowa. That, that was, was fun. That was fun. Man, so I didn't get to go, but I watched it, and I enjoyed it very much. That was that was quite spectacular. I mean, it was really a beatdown, too. Like, I, I generally... So for so long, I didn't sit courtside. Like we had the like yeah. perch seats, yep. which I've come to really like. It's easier to watch. Yes. from a schematic standpoint. You, yeah, absolutely. You see a much better mm-hmm. view of the game. It's really the best seat in the house. I generally sit there now, but I was like, no, I'm going to sit courtside because we have one now. Because I wanted to watch like the rivalry and the in that that arena was really tense before the game. Hmm. I mean, TJ puts on a good face, and so does Fran, but those two guys, there's a lot of history there. 
when you consider how long TJ's been an assistant and all that. You had the Jordan Bohannon stuff. The I mean, the crowd's all over his ass the second he hits the floor. Um, the McCaffrey kids have constantly mouthed off, right? Like, I yeah, mean, they, it's, you, it's no, there's no secret. The McCaffreys do not like Iowa they State. They hate Iowa State. Yeah. Like, this was, I've heard stories of the first time Fran beat Fred and like, you know, like th- this is a real deal. And that, the feeling in that arena was awesome. Like hmm. it, I thought it would be really, really intense because of, I was telling Scott Docterman this when we were walking to, it's like, man, this just feels different. I go, this feels a lot like 2003 to me, Pierre Pierce. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Or 2004 game, I think, maybe is what it was. It was um, Adam Alaska's yeah, game. Yeah, no, that was Pierre three. P- it was okay. 2003. I told him, I go, well, I go. Anyway. this, the lead up to this game, it just, it doesn't feel like a rivalry game. It feels like real, like, hatred here. And, boy, it lived up to it. Like, it was, Hilton was on fire. And the team, if you guys uh, go read my column after this, if you want detail on it. But, like, that team, Bloom, and that crowd were, like, born for each other. That was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, it was, that was, in my uh, the the top end of what Iowa State can be this year. So the crowd's into it. The team fed off it. The energy was tremendous. And you cannot play better defense than Iowa State did in those 40 minutes. Iowa comes in, top five offense in the country. You had what Murray was, the leading scorer, the second leading scorer in the country. You shut him down. You hold them seat up to 27% shooting, which was the lowest Iowa State's held a power six opponent since 1988. So not only did they shut them down, they did it at a historic level. And sure, Iowa missed some open shots, which which was helpful. But the the crowd was engaged, the defense fed off of it, and then you got enough stops that started to get the offense going. And and if Brockington plays like that, I mean, he was phenomenal, and that was that was perfect. It was the largest margin of victory in the Seahawks series for Iowa State with this yeah, group. Which is, so which is just, I mean, there's been a lot of. Yeah, a lot of great Iowa State teams over the years that have played Iowa and beat Iowa, but this my, was on another level. And my know, favorite part of the game—sorry, no, go ahead. Through that. My favorite part of the game was to start the second half. I was expected an Iowa run; just thought it was inevitable. Yep. They're too good offensively, and that was kind of how I led my column. <laughs> Me, I'm in this text group, and these guys are like, "Man, I, I think about being a guy in Iowa's locker room right now." And I was like, "Dudes, like, I guarantee TJ is after their ass about." defense at the end of yep. the first half and they come out and absolutely respond yep clamp down what about jazz coons i rewatched the game this afternoon when i was rocking my daughter after it was after the uh great call you had against jackson state we'll get to that one here in a minute good, good one to take a Don't, nap yeah, we didn't forget about no, it uh, i, I did fall asleep i'm not gonna lie ignore it for a little bit um point being what about Jazz Coons like jumping over the front row yeah. with like four minutes to play you're up by like 20 points like that team brought it in the second half and they they were out for blood they were out for blood it, and it what they all the way through and that's again that's that's high end Iowa State right there and you you can't get that every every game clearly but when you guard that well and then defense creates offense you can beat good teams and you can beat good teams by double digits like they've done now against Iowa and it's not just Iowa the Xavier win, I think, is probably a better win, honestly, just from at the end I of the year. I would agree. When the, when the year ends. Seeing that, that team up close. That win. Xavier, yeah. With the, I, mean, I think Iowa might be a tournament team, so I'm not. I think they will. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not They're, saying, I'm not, don't take this as like William says nope. they suck, because I don't think that. I think Xavier's better after seeing both of them in person. I, I, I would agree. Um, they have better guards. 
But so this is the nice thing. That wasn't a one-off, the no. Iowa game. That was kind of the the top end of a pretty good ascension there. And then the Jackson State one was the low end of what this Iowa State team can be on offense. Got bailed out by the defensive end. But again, this is the team that it's this is sustainable. We've now said it for the, since the season start. You guard this way, you're going to play some ugly games, but you can still win ugly. And when you play well offensively, you look great. You look top 15 good, which is what Iowa State will be come Monday afternoon. Which I, is I think crazy. they'll be in the top 10 by the time Baylor it's comes very, It's very possible. I mean, th- that's three weeks away, and Iowa State's not going to lose probably for three weeks because you only have two games left, and they're both, I mean, I don't want to say they're layups, but they're as close as you can be. Chicago are. State is a layup. Southeastern Louisiana is a little better, but not much better. So you're you're more than likely going to be 12-0 and in the top 10 when Baylor comes to town on January 1. It's this is a dream. Like this was in nobody's imagination at all. And if you thought that you're cycling Jerry because you pick Iowa State to win every game, and that's it, no doubt, no doubt. But so yeah, I mean, the, the Iowa game, the the, the just, post game for TJ was so cool because I think so he's probably too. bottled it up enough now. Like man, I can't believe this is actually happening. He kind of let it out a little bit after that post game. Yeah, oh, he did, and um. That, uh, it was very genuine. It was very authentic. He had no idea that question was coming, and you could just tell, like, um, it, it was special. It was it was a really special moment. I, I went and talked to him after the game for a little bit, and he just, like, have you ever, like, the experience of, like, when you're, when you want something so bad, and not just the Iowa game, but, I like, they've been working so hard with this group. Sure. And I think that they kind of felt like, okay, like, get up through the Iowa game, and then we're going to have these three bye games and we can go into the holiday and, and prep, right? And then it's, yep. it's, then it's you, set, then it's you break on. seasons up, right? Absolutely. And I, man, it was like, just like the dude was just oozing like tension. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, they've I, been going hard yeah. for nine months. And you can kind of feel started. it too. I talked to like Condit afterwards and stuff like that. And like those guys, today was the most predictable it, letdown game of all time. Definitely. Both, I think physically they were worn out. No doubt. No doubt. But mentally, you're, they, they've put in a lot of, it's been a lot of energy expended over the last, you know, since they started recruiting in it late March. It's been an, it's been ongoing ever since. And I, the thing about today's game, too, that, I mean, it was super ugly. Like, there's, there's no doubt. Like, we're not putting lipstick on nope. a pig here, but you still held a team to 37 points. I, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you, that, that's the, that's how, that's what good teams do. The Tim Floyd era, they had games like this all the time. You'd play a, a average to below average team, but because you can't make a shot, you're in a game all the way. Although it wasn't even, it was. Know, it, it got never to felt six. like I was. It got to lose. six. I think was no. the closest it did at one point. You know, late in the or early in the second half. I mean, it's not like it was under threat. But this is you. I bet you wouldn't be able to find. I'll look it up tonight. Another college basketball game in the last ten years. Where a team scores forty-seven points and not only won the game by double, but digits. won it by double digits. Like I bet it, honestly, yeah. like I, I bet it hasn't happened more than a couple of times. So that's goes to show. I mean, Jackson State credit them. They threw the kitchen sink at Iowa State. They were super aggressive in denying Kalsher and Brockington the ball, which great learning experience because guess who's going to watch that? Oh yeah. And so this was, you know, in the end, this this probably prepares you better in the long run than playing Mississippi Valley State and scoring a hundred. Mm-hmm. Because you're able to get in this half court thing, where I would say it's still not great there. I mean, they well, there are times when they're they're good, 
But they got, I mean, Christopherson talked about it a lot today. Like, when they get in that grinded out, they got a ways to go. Because, By the way, I hope you're enjoying your time with him because he's not oh, going to be with I, us I know. Long. I've got maybe, yeah, maybe three more games he's, total. He's, he's, he's so good. He could be calling Big Monday he's, if he wants. And he's the like, he's so most freaking good. genuinely nice uh, person ever. He doesn't, he's so, he he's naive to the world. Mm-hmm. Scott thinks everybody's nice and great and he treats everybody. He's one of the kindest, like best humans it's, I've ever spent time around. It's been a real joy to work with him yeah, because he's, he's just good, good people. And he's a phenomenal he's, analyst. He's like good. he's breaking, what did he say today? He's like, well, they're taking the wings away. And I'm like, what? And then he, he's right. But then he explained it. And I'm like, oh. I'm going to watch for that. So here's another, yep. some more analysis. And I, I picked this up in Brooklyn, hanging out with the coaches a little bit. Um, that these SWAC teams. Okay. We have now played four of them. Yeah. So they're actually quite difficult, especially for this Iowa State team to play against only in the sense. Like, now clearly you're 4-0 against them. Like, yeah. you didn't. They, they play, they'll throw like 20, 25 yeah. different looks defensively at you. These SWAC teams have a reputation for it because they know they can't beat you playing straight up. So it's a little bit like Boise Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma type that they come in with. Now, granted, like, so let's say if South Dakota State comes in or Omaha or Drake or whatever, like another, like, Mm -hmm. low to mid-major type, they're going to play you more straight up. It's these SWAC teams that – and I think that the one today gave Iowa State some problems. They did. I I think that that's exactly what happened. I think Kennesaw did that early on. And um, it, it's just a really interesting. I wonder if they'll keep playing them as much because I, you don't see it that way in the Big 12 that much. I have no idea, like, what's a benefit or not. But that is something I've well, picked up on this year. I think what it's it's when Iowa State's played the high majors, the a strength of this team has been the scouting report offense and defense in that you can scheme to take away the other team's best stuff, but you can also scheme open your stuff on offense if you know what the other team's going to do. Mm-hmm. But Jackson State, it was like possession to possession. There, oh yeah, it's something else. It's like, what are they? What are they even trying to do? And that coach had been there nine he's years. He's good. I mean, yeah. he's this. I mean, he did this last year at Iowa State. Held Iowa State to sixty points. Now he's what oh, you God. need to do against that guy to the Jackson State is you need to turn him over, but then turn the turn it over into points. Where a lot of the turnovers yeah. today, they were dead balls. Yeah, they throwing it out of bounds. So then they're so set. many missed front ends of one. And then they and one. just suck. Like, it was the Bill Snyder method of. Yeah. They sucked down the shot clock, so the amount of possessions was lower. And so you're, you know, Iowa State still shoots. I mean, it wasn't great. It was like 36%, 37%, but it's just a low possession game, and it gets it gets really ugly. Well, don't don't laugh and make fun of me, guys, because it's not funny. The two-year-old's sick again, <laughs> and like that's why I wasn't up there. And I'm rocking her watching the game on my phone, and I literally, like, Iowa State had gone on that, like, what, 17-0 run, 18-0 yeah. run yeah. in the first half or something. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to take a snooze because I've had a really long weekend. Not even going to get into it with you guys. And I was like, I'm going to take a nap with the kid here holding her. And I woke back up, and it was like a eight-point game. And I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> it was- and then I looked at the box score. I'm like, well, they're not shooting that nope. bad. I'm like, okay, let's look at the turnovers. I'm like, okay, Jackson has twice the amount of turnovers. It was really a bizarre game. It's totally bizarre. Yeah. It's like you can't really take anything up from it other than Iowa State's still good at defense and got to do a little bit better job in the half court. But it's it was such a disjointed game all the way around, and Jackson State's, again, they're, they're, they are the best defense in their league. They throw a bunch of stuff. It was a very physical game. There was no fouls called at the rim. Like sometimes in a game like this, 
you get to the free throw line 25, 30 times. I think Iowa State shot just 18. Very physical. Couldn't finish around the rim. It happens, but it doesn't really change my feeling. Now, Baylor and Tech and in, in, in Texas, these teams will guard Iowa State really hard. Like, that's a concern, right? There are going to be games, right, where Iowa State, the magic number is going to be 65, 70 yeah, points to totally win. Totally agree. I mean, you just, you're going to have some of these. This is the antithesis of the Hoiberg era. It's not a race to eight anymore, it's a race to 65 for these guys. And it's going to be a struggle. They're going to lose some games 70 to 57. Like, it's just, it's just the way this team's going to play. But uh, this t- today didn't really change my my thoughts. Now, you look at it now, big picture, ten and zero against Southeast Louisiana and Chicago State. You get to twelve and zero. You've got one more non conference game in late January against the Missouri team that is completely bad. You know, Kansas beat them by in. like thirty this year. Yeah, it, it, it was like forty five. It was like forty five. Oh, is that it what ended it ended? Yeah. I, I added on and I was like, yeah, screw no, it this. ended up <laughs> over. It ended up over forty points. <laughs> so let's say you win that one. So you're 14 and 0 in the non-conference. It's going to take honestly, seven and 11 in the Big 12 will get you into the tournament. So, so that's the magic. Number. Yeah, that's the magic number right now. If you can get to seven and 11 in the Big 12, you are going to be in the NCAA tournament. Which the Big 12's metrics are off the charts. It, that's why. So even yeah. six and 12, this is how crazy this is going to be. Six and 12, could you get into like playoff or a play-in bubble situation there? And so protect Hilton Coliseum win the majority of your games there, you could be in the big dance. Maybe beat TCU on the road, beat... Yeah, beat a K-State. Yeah. You know, find one else. I mean, so, I watched West Virginia. They aren't... I mean, they're good, but you... Iowa State matches up with them they, so much better than they have ab- in the past. Absolutely. And the defense travels. So you're going you're gonna to run into some of these wins like you did against Xavier and Memphis, although, you know, Memphis is trending way the wrong way. You, you know what? This team... So I've been... Specifically the Iowa game when I watched it again today. I think the Iowa-Iowa State rivalry got so compelling because Fran was doing a lot of what Iowa State was doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it... That Iowa team did not like the physicality Iowa nope. State was playing with. Nope. And, it, and it translates, too, if you've watched Iowa basketball, it's why Illinois gives them problems. It's Right? Like, yeah. there's these certain types of teams, and now it's just like, you're right, we have to retrain our brain to be like, oh, okay, let's get in a fist fight with West Virginia. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't you, know? you can't be worried. Oh gosh, you know this game's gonna last two and a half hours. But play games like that. But there will be other games where Huggy Bear comes into Hilton right, and he's just like, ah, we're just not built for this league. You know, we're an old Big East team. Well, the good thing is most teams in the Big Twelve are playing it's like very that physical now. now. You know, it's mm-hmm. the the new the Big Twelve right now reminds me of like an old Big East as far as stylistically it, goes. This year is going to be there's going to be at least seven teams make the Baylor the tournament. Iowa State, West Virginia. I'm trying to think. Kansas State all play this like rugged. Yeah, I haven't tech, seen Texas play a lot. But tech, well, yeah. it's beard. So yeah, what yeah so doing we now. know we know what they're we know what they're mm-hmm. doing. They're not they're not Kansas running. is Kansas. Yep, they're super good on defense, but you know a little more finesse. So it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I I think you know I I don't know still about the Big Twelve. I'm not saying Iowa State's an upper half in the Big Twelve team yet. Like I just can't I can't do it until I see a couple more games against that competition. We cannot argue with the results right now. And here, here's a, the the cool stat: there have been three teams in Iowa State history that have started ten and zero. They are the ninety six ninety seven team. So that was uh, Cato Willoughby's second year. That team made a Sweet Sixteen. 
the team in 13-14 was the DeAndre Kane team. It started 14-0, the best start of Iowa State history. That team also made a Sweet 16 in this year's team. Incredible. I mean, it's literally... And it's not like they had a bad non-conference. No, it's two (laughs) of the best teams in Iowa State history, and it's this team. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a disconnect still of, is this really... Could it be? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's I, I'm not, I don't want to go there yet because you will, you will figure out who you are once you get to conference play. But even that yeah. team in 13-14 seat up. Tyrese Hunter is pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, he though. is. But even that team in 13-14 that made the Sweet 16, they were a um, they were a three seed. It, it went 10-8 and eight or 11-7 and yeah. seven in the Big 12. So even that team lost a bunch of games in conference. So. I just trust this team more. You, you said the defense travels part. Like, that. I don't... I don't think this team's gonna like not show up many nights. I agree. You're gonna, but again, you're gonna you lose know? some games. Sixty nine. Yeah, you're gonna 16. get out offense. Yeah. I I understand that, but like I just being around this group enough now and watching them, like I don't think there's gonna be a lot yeah, of like I, Corey Lucius team at Texas Tech where it's just like just don't show up. Yeah, and that one game at West Virginia got killed. Oh, okay. you remember yeah, that? Like, Thirty five. That was that Kane team. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I now the one thing that would scare me. Knocking on wood is injuries. Yeah, right. Because they're just not very deep. But not, not at all. But this is the cool thing: is your margin for error is so much greater now. Yeah, because you, you defend. You defend, and then you're going to be twelve and zero. So again, seven and eleven will get you into the NCAA tournament, which is insane, considering where <laughs> this season started. Uh, shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. Again, we told you last week they're opening the new Gravitate Coworking in the East Village. I uh, wanted to give a shout out to, uh, there's a lot of people who come to town uh, during the legislature yes, time. Starting in January. Yep, and uh, the East Village one, um, right Jeff thinks it's going to be big for folks who are going to be, you know, you don't have an office here, but you need a place to work and you don't necessarily want to, sit at a loud coffee shop all the time. So check that out at gravitatecoworking.com. Go and check out all those, of their uh, great membership options. All those lobbyists. Yeah. It's a good yeah. profession. Uh, there's a bunch of good crypto lobbyists I've been reading about lately. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Um, I'm sure they're working on a lot of things. Okay. Uh, shout out real quick before we get to football. And, and for what it's worth, we are recording this during the women's basketball yeah, game. Let's get a score. Yeah. Give me a score update. Cameron's there. Your daughter? Yeah, she went there with nice. my she she went with my dad and my uh, my niece. Uh, I got twenty seven twenty two Iowa State. Four minutes left in the second quarter. All right, come on, it's ladies, com- step on the gas. It's competitive. You knew it would be. Northern Iowa always brings it in they that do. game. Um, that was a that was one of the best women's basketball atmospheres. I watched it on TV because it was a six o'clock tip. I couldn't get there after radio. Yeah. Um, television wise, I mean that crowd was better than like. 90% of men's games you've seen thus far, just on fire. It sounded, I, oh. I was in the same boat, but man, it sounded cool. And it was, and it was tremendous basketball game. Oh yeah. End to end, a lot of offense. Watching Clark and Ashley go at it, it was just like, it was special, man. Like that, th- this will be an era, like I, I think back, like when Lindsay played, I think back to when um, Allison played. Yep, I, I, it was the, a fun team. The Jones, Caitlin Clark rivalry, like the back and forth stuff. I mean, is even last year they did it. Iowa State lost, but it, it just ended sure. up the other way. But just watching those two young ladies who were just phenomenal. I just, I had, I had a blast. And the best part is, like I said, my daughter's there. She's, she's six now, and she's loving the she women's gets team. It. Like she's, she's totally into it. 
She did not like Caitlin Clark. No offense to you, Caitlin, if you're listening. No, nothing personal. Cameron's a cyclone. She did not like Caitlin Clark. Um, so she started. To, there's nobody who hates the Hawkeyes more than my daughter. That's funny. Yeah, it, it's it's actually I gotta like tone her down yeah, a little like bit. Yeah, they're they're nice people too. Like, stop. Some of them. She was harassing kids at school. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, she wasn't. They so they're you know if they could get healthy, I would say it's still down two of its rotation players right now and just beat Iowa, which was a top 12 team, yeah. by seven. I mean, Dew's out. Fritz is out. I think both will come back eventually. You're getting a little something from Espinamilla McGraw now that she's... God, she's a, that's she, a game changer. She's just a great shooter. I mean, she's the yeah. best shooter on the team when she's healthy. Getting her back's a total... And then uh, Donarski keeps getting better. So, and, and Aubrey Jones has just come out of... Nowhere. I mean, it yeah. is really cool. It's one of those great stories of when you give somebody an opportunity... And I mean, she did, she was not a starter before the year. Now she's putting up double doubles. It seems like left and right, and you know she'll say that, or that the coaches will say, well, she's just, you know, she's the beneficiary of some good team rebounding, but she still has to go get it. Uh, it's been a fun team to watch. Her like and, shot fake, she yeah, had a couple of those. Backup, yeah, yeah just, really impressive. It's again to get do get uh, Fritz healthy. Get more, a little more out of the post. Morgan Kane's been serviceable, doing a nice job defensively. Uh, Jordal, the, the big, the big gal's been ni- a nice addition, and I mean they're they're right there. I mean the, the Baylor's good again. Uh, Texas is good, but there's no reason why Iowa State can't compete for a Big Twelve championship. I really believe that. All right, let's move on here and um, do a little football before we wrap things up. It is National Signing Day week. It's hard to get adjusted to. I, I like I like the first week of February better. Don't you feel like we're going to go back to that after yes. the shenanigans of this offseason? I, I, I think it would make a lot more sense. I understand why why it was done. I thought it made good sense at the time. And I think it gave Iowa State a little bit of an advantage, but you just you we cannot we can't be firing coaches in the last week of September. It just I don't know. And I don't think this is working whatever this is. I understand why they did it. Yeah. I absolutely. But there's always unintended consequences. And this is the, the unintended consequences have been letting down your current the players currently yeah. on the roster because you're firing coaches six games into the season, so you get a head start on the coaching search you have when hired for, for the I mean, signing. We we saw Gary Patterson get fired just as a response to what Texas Tech did this year. Yeah, that's that's gotta be they were both both going over the after the same like three coaches. I, mean, I don't think that there's any way TCU fires Patterson nope. at that time. Nope. Now, the, the supposedly they went to Gary. Said Gary, you know, you have to agree that you're not going to be back next year. We'd like you to take a step back. And we'd like you to take a step back. And he said, "Screw you guys! I'm just going to leave now." Which good. Yeah, more power to him. But no, yeah, no. This this will be interesting if they uh, if they do change this. I think it has it been beneficial for Iowa State though. You can lock these guys up a lot earlier. If you have continuity in your coaching staff, I think it's better for you. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, I do think it has been Iowa State has benefited from it. And the other part... I think no doubt, but... So, one other thing that, that happened in, involved with recruiting. The NIL stuff's getting really interesting. So, did you see the challenge... The BYU and Miami? Yeah, the BYU and the Miami situations got challenged by the NCAA with their name, image, and likeness deals. Of course, those two were the, the controversial ones because it was basically a everybody on the team got something for name, image, and likeness, which would go away from the fact that it was for an individual 
you know, doing something. And if you're all on the team, that could be considered pay for play then. Well, it is. Which is exactly what it is. But will it be enforced? I mean, Because if it's not, it's going to open the Pandora's box of straight up cash money from these corporations. What about the Texas deal this week? Well, that's that's the next like, in line. Yeah. If we're going to pay... Every offensive lineman on the roster, 50 grand a year. That's the next step here. And so this is why, keep an eye on the BYU and Miami stuff. Hopefully there's some, if, for Iowa State, okay, I'm not saying this from a student-athlete perspective yeah. because, you know, I think student-athletes should get what they can. And if this is what the market is, and this is what the market is. But to be competitive, if Miami and BYU and these types, and then Texas and down the line, can just pay straight up with no ties, no nothing to stop these corporations just giving them money. There's no way Iowa State can can do that stuff. They can still get players because they're not going to recruit in the same pond. But it would be, it'll be really fascinating to see if the NCAA comes down at all on these situations. If they don't, it just opens up a complete free-for-all. Isn't the NCAA, like, <laughs> what's the language they used? We're, having, we're re-looking at our, our values or... Yeah. Well, isn't that happening like in the next like month? Yeah, or they're two? the Constitution. Yeah, they're yeah, going to change. They're doing everything. a constitutional convention. Great. That's but that's they got ten years behind. They got to decide this stuff now because if if Texas can just give offensive linemen fifty thousand dollars just because. <laughs> no, it's not Texas Bloom. It's it's a charity. Oh, it's a cha- oh, that's yes. opting to give that sounds eight hundred thousand dollars worth of cash to offensive linemen. Got it. Very charitable cause there. That was my point. We talked about this a lot on the radio. Like, okay, first of all, you're already in the hole, eight hundred grand every year. You got to raise a lot of money to give to that charity. Yeah. yeah. And two, it's just like it's awfully convenient. You are hiding this behind a charitable thing. Uh, like it's geez. speaking of of lawsuits in Texas, the pole assassin's getting sued. Oh, really? Officially, yeah. For what? For by biting, the monkey? The monkey biting pole that assassin child. is getting sued. Yeah, by the child's parents. Yeah, well, that went, and that went to court this week. Not only did the did pole assassin's monkey bite this child, but then pole assassin drugged the child's character all through the mud. Part of the lawsuit, swear to God, defamation of character. <laughs> well, she went on and like, yeah, right, publicly. That's wild. Yeah. I didn't know pole yeah, assassin. So pole assassin's in the courts now. Man. Story is not going away. Is that like? True TV, like can we I don't, get this I mean, on? Yeah, can, I don't know. Can does we get it, this does televised? Does it like, rise to that? Judge Judy? Could you imagine <laughs> yeah. Pole Assassin? She's like, she's like, she's defaming this kid and Judge. Judge Judy. Talk about somebody who's hung on since the nineties. Judge, Judge Judy, Judy looks. Still, she looks still great. It. She looks awesome. Just I not 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 what <laughs> I guessed. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, uh, Clemson. Any, any surprises for signing day, though? It uh, seems like it's pretty locked in class. Got a guy today. Um, I believe this took over for Noble Thomas's. Oh, he decommitted. Yep, yep this corner Terrell Crosby. Oh, he former, was the Toledo recruit. Yeah, cl- yeah, Toledo commit. All right, I like that. Connor talked to him. It's on the front page right now. So, do you know who's in town today? The Oklahoma tight end. Yeah. Actually, he was there on Thursday. It was a Thursday. He was there Thursday. It wasn't today. It was there Thursday. There were the three transfers there on Thursday. That'd be a big get. It would be. Um, I'm going to give you the other guys here, too. It was Austin Stogner. Was it Stogner? Stogner. 
And then the, the linebacker from, from Delaware. Delaware, Colby Reader. Yep. And New Mexico State transfer Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Oh, that's, that's the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. From New Mexico State. Um. So speaking of receivers, do we, are we concerned with the receiver position? Like, what's go, what do we got going on here? Well, so Joe Skates is transferring, which to, for the record, really never came to fruition. What we kind of thought Joe Skates would end up being. However, I could see this being a situation where it's like he goes somewhere else and puts up big numbers in like the Sun Belt, and we're like, oh, we put all that work into him, and somebody else is getting dividends. Listen, like if you look at it right now, who would the starters be? Noel, Shaw, and Jackson. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I like Noel a lot. I I do too. Is he? Is he an? You know, is he an outside guy though? I don't know. Shaw is Shaw. I like Shaw, had, but like has his moments, but he's never. He kind of just looks like a guy to me. He doesn't look, but who knows? Like he was hurt all yep, year. Jackson's so I don't, been hurt. Yeah, so it's it's hard to really put much on these guys because the, we haven't seen a ton of them. The young dudes coming in, I bet one of them is a starter from day one. Is it Gaines? Yeah, Gaines, the kid from Florida. He's he's, he's really good. Probably now Skates was a four star too. Okay, keep in mind. But Gaines seems like the type that's going to come in and is penciled in as an instant impact person. Now I'll say this though, like I don't like okay if Joe Skates is staying, yeah, it's not like I'm like oh really bullish oh, on I, the wide receivers anyway. Totally, like I, it doesn't really. It just it's it, one less it's, guy. It's, well, it's a position that you're going to need maybe two transfer portal guys. And why wouldn't you want to come to Iowa State though? You're gonna get it. You're gonna have a chance to play right away for a team that has been good mm-hmm. and has developed receivers from the portal really well. I mean, you think about and you'll play in front of Petway had a yeah. great year, and then Hutchinson was a JUCO, not a trans. I mean, but you get the point. But yeah. he came in and had a huge impact and play in front of a the best fan base in the the new Big Twelve. So I think I think they'll hit it hard. Maybe it's this kid from New Mexico put up some okay numbers, but I I think he'd just be. You know, yeah, like, he doesn't seem like a. You no, know, he's not your star. No. So, but this great gains, man. The I tight ends will be interesting. This is the whole passing game in yeah, general. The, I mean, we have no idea it, what. I mean, even Deckers. It's like everybody loves him, and I'm not going to doubt those guys. I mean, they see him practice. He seems like a great young man and leader. Sure. But like, I mean, anybody right now talking with authority on this passing game is probably. This whole team him. is just going to be interesting. Big get though. Having Anthony Johnson return, huge. I mean that that's a massive win. That's gonna, gonna be a big problem as the secondary. Sounds pretty good about Will McDonald oh, coming back right okay. now. Okay. I don't think any official decisions have been made, but that would be a. I mean that if Will McDonald comes back and is healthy, he's the greatest defensive lineman in Iowa State okay, history. He's first team All American. Yeah. Right. No, no doubt. I mean, that would like, be, I mean, if there's any question about his where he stands with Iowa State now, like, yep. none of that would be after yep. next year. Uh, two other names from the recruiting class: Jason Essex is a receiver from the Kansas City area who's has got some talent, and then that Xavier Townsend is that running back. Yes, but they'll probably use him in that you know M position type. I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to be a, a running back or receiver yet. He has blown up this year. Um, could be an instant impact guy too. So they've got some candidates there at the receiver position, but we just don't know. It's just hard to know. Yeah. And I, I mean, you got to get you got to get a receiver or two in the portal, an offensive lineman or two, and then somebody in the secondary. Getting Johnson back is huge. Get one more guy, I think, back there. 
So they love the safeties, the young guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy who didn't play much, played, I think he played four games, maybe more. Uh, was it Malik Verdon or Verdon? I think is how yes. he says his name. Super high on him. And then McDonald came on really strong. Who's the guy who started playing? And Bull Freeler. Yeah, Freeler, but then the one who started at the end. McDonald. Was yeah. it McDonald? Craig McDonald. Craig McDonald, yeah. And then, no, there was the other one, the corner. Oh, Miles Purchase. Purchase, yeah, yep. yeah, so they, yeah. Uh, some youth there. I think I think next year will be as fascinating of year. We, we talked about this offseason, how boring it was. Yes, this will it's not be, be a boring offseason. It's be the total opposite, because you don't know who these guys are yet. And there's going to be guys who pop either freshmen, transfers, whatnot, that uh, we haven't heard of, and they'll have to be named players by the time the first game rolls around in September. This is always my – these are my favorite, like, spring footballs and, like, yes. fall camps to cover because it's like you're learning something every day. The last two years was super boring, and that was good. But yeah, this, boring is good. Yeah. I mean, not – I guess the COVID wasn't boring. It'll be a very different feel in Dallas for media days next year for a lot of different reasons, but – um like just learning. Mm-hmm. I no, this will be fun if if uh, if our staff isn't licking their chops, then we're not in the right business because this is where it gets really fun the, to do our the, jobs. The fun news is still one more game left, and you might see some new faces even in that game because there's no redshirt restrictions for that. I don't think. I should okay. look that up. Speaking of that game, Clemson's going to be without both yeah. coordinators. Yeah. Uh, I I think the offensive one means more. I think anytime you lose your play caller, that's a bigger deal than losing a defensive coordinator for a bowl game mm-hmm. or something like that. Full disclosure, I haven't done enough on Clemson yet. I don't I, I'm really kind of blank as far as being able to analyze them any more than we already did last week. But we were waiting to see if Tony Elliott would get the Virginia job. He does. So Venables is coming to Oklahoma, Elliott there. And uh yeah, do you got anything else on them before we shut her down? Uh just still to be determined on Brees Hall. Yes. I don't know. I mean, you saw the the Iowa kid declare. I I was I asked a question to somebody last week, and I kind of got like a snarky response about like, well, Matt already came out and said everybody was playing, and I, and then my response back was, yeah, but you guys aren't exactly <laughs> trustworthy when it comes to personnel. Sure. <laughs> so well, like, Kohler's playing. He said that. He Kohler that said question. he was going to play. Yeah. Yep. I mean. I hope Brees plays. I've heard that he wants to play and that he was planning on playing. So, I mean, but I'm also not dumb. Sure. Like, if he declares he's going pro and an agent is I, – I, I don't know. I've just done this long enough. I'm not stupid. Yeah. And this, I'm surprised there haven't been a whole lot of guys announced yet, but maybe this is the week we'll, you'll start I'm to hear guessing, more. guessing, yeah, this is the quiet week. I don't know, though. It's, it's also signing day. It is. It is. Campbell will, will face the media – Wednesday, so I'm sure he'll get. I mean, that's a signing day thing, but I'm sure we'll get an update. Would be my point. Well, if there's then, anything different, you know, Iowa State leaves Christmas Day. So you'll probably know by then. I mean, if if Hall's not playing, he won't travel, and on and on and on. Is so, that how that goes? I don't even know. I would guess. I mean, why? I mean, I guess he could go and just do the bowl thing. I don't know, but if he needs to train for the NFL, then he'd probably you should you know, probably be gone go, after the semester's over and start going to train somewhere. Yeah, uh, the Heisman deal, by the way, um, he he was 10th. Not a lot of love for no. him. Got a couple second-place votes, I saw. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, the, the problem is, is he the – he's better, in my opinion, than the 10th best player in college football. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. But the problem is, like, at the end of the year when the line was wearing down, like, he just wasn't getting those huge numbers. 
that you need. And it's not fair, but when you play at Iowa State, you have to have gaudy numbers like Troy did to even be in consideration. Right. And for the most part, Brees did last year, uh, all things considered. But it was such a weird year because not everybody played the same number of games and all that stuff. And Brees kept trucking, and he was everything that the team needed him to be. But again, like the numbers just weren't as staggering yeah, he as needed, he needed. He needed 2,000 yards or something or yeah. something near that. Yeah. And then also... The seven and five thing was a hit too. If Iowa State's ten and two, no doubt he finishes fifth or sixth, probably. Yeah, some of those games at the end of the year, more on like prime time, mm-hmm. and people are watching you. And I mean that—that's what the Heisman. I mean, you get you got to realize you're trying to attract 900 voters from all over the country, yeah. and I, there's not a lot of them sitting around watching Iowa State unless they're in that spot. They're playing for Big Twelve and they, championship. They really or weren't this year. Yeah, unfortunately, I, his argument was better last year to finish in the top three. I would agree. Um. But, I mean, one of the most productive players, clearly. He'll be – I I mean, David's been really good for the Bears. I think Brees will be – I think, got a chance. I think what, he's going to be like a pro I had a, a friend pose this question, uh, over-under draft position for Hall at 45 overall. Under. You're going to say under? Yeah. I think that's going to be close. Problem is his position. It is. I mean, there's just not running backs. I mean, there's what one one in the first round I, each year. I look well. If there's one in the first round this year, I bet it'll be him. Yeah, when it's the kid, the the A and M kid. But I, the other one, I looked at like the latest like Kuiper one, and it didn't have a single running back going. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. He's special. I think it'll be. Hopefully, he breaks that drought. I don't. I think the. <laughs> you know that's that, if Will's not going, may, maybe it'd be next year. It with might Will. be next year. God, I, I hate I hate that nineteen seventy four thing that gets brought up every mm-hmm. George Amunz, what what's his name Amundsen Amundsen Harlan guy any from Harlan Uh boy I thought he I don't know uh, if he was an Iowa guy I have no idea but he uh, before he my time ten, he played for ten years or so yeah George Amundsen yeah we'll we'll keep you updated on that I mean that is a huge deal though uh, it really I mean if you're concerned about winning this bowl game which I am I still. I still think bowl games are very prestigious. Yeah. I'm one of the few, it seems like. But with Clemson's defensive line and Iowa State struggles up front at the end of the year, Brees Hall is a big time. I mean, yeah, you're looking changes. at being in a point and a half favorite to probably an underdog if he yeah, doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably a four point swing if he doesn't go. Yeah, and I mean, I, listen, I love Jirel Brock, and I do too. But I like there are a lot of people who think Brees Hall is the best player in college football. If you think that, like, if you think he's a top ten guy, like, I think he's a top ten guy. And what's the weakness of the offense? The the line struggled at the end. Hopefully, getting healthier will will help that. But you're going up against a front of pros. Yep, like you did against Oklahoma. You mm-hmm. you need Brees Hall. Yeah, and it sounds I did a little looking at Clemson. They might have only one or two guys declare. If that, I mean, they're pretty young, up and down. So, oh great, <laughs> it's not like you're going to get a lot of opt outs from them. Yeah, I don't think Iowa State will either. I mean, I, no, it's I, it's pretty much Hall. Yeah, and it, at this point. again, I'm telling you, get what they've told me is that as of now, everybody's okay. playing. So, and just a little uh, for those thinking about going or you know pondering, there will be a pep rally the day before. Oh, okay. unlike last, you know, last year couldn't do anything. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, so there will be Iowa State type of activities. Uh, if you're looking at hotels to where the pep rally will be. Uh, I think this. I've, I heard it's like the 
Universal area, the uh, convention center, the Orlando Convention Center near the Hilton Orlando. Is that the same spot from last time? I, see, I wasn't there two years ago because oh, I, the I had the baby, but yeah. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's the same spot. Okay. So, yeah, that's a decent area. Yeah, I mean, my recommendation for Orlando, don't stay near the stadium. Yeah. Um, downtown's okay, but you're probably going to have to drive no matter what down there. So get your International Uber. Drive is the hotel I'm at for the media. I don't okay, know. I so think that's it's right. across the street from where the Yep, so that's right near Universal and you're in good spot uh, there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I'm just staying there cuz that's where all the press conferences are and gotcha. it makes it a lot yep, easier. Yeah, I would say it's not too far from there. Okay. All right, Bloom. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Always appreciated. We will be back next week with a really big uh in-depth uh in-depth look at the uh, bowl game and whatnot. And uh thanks for listening. Later.